This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. Welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Day Radio. My name is Miriam Marston, and I'm glad to have you along as we take a closer look at the Church's mission of evangelization. I'm delighted to be joined this week by Kristen Jazak, who is an actress and a producer, and her work has ranged from being in a Grubhub commercial all the way to a project about Mother Teresa. And along the way, she's had a chance to explore her faith and discover more about what it means to follow Christ. There's this one moment in our conversation when Kristen describes her realization that the Jesus who she is adoring during a Eucharistic holy hour at an event is the same Jesus who was present in the tabernacle at our own parish. I loved this moment of the interview because, well, it's such a lovely epiphany that speaks so beautifully about the true presence of Jesus in the gift of the church. You know, at this moment, the church in the United States is moving through a Eucharistic revival, and it starts right there, knowing who is dwelling in the tabernacle and who we are receiving in Holy Communion. In my job as a parish faith formation director, I have the great privilege of helping to prepare children for their first communion. And one of the first things I try to do is to make sure that the language we're using for communion isn't a what but a who. Not just bread, but a body. Because I tell them if it was just about bread, then they probably wouldn't need all these classes. But because it's about receiving the very body of Christ, we do need that prayerful preparation. And yes, we do need a revival. In fact, we should always be in a time of Eucharistic revival because the Eucharist is the sacrament of love. And there is always more to discover and to receive in this gift of love. And we must always be renewed in our wonder and reawakened to the truth of the real presence as we journey deeper into the mystery of the Eucharist. Kristen mentioned that one of the movies that the company she works for um, helped promote was a film called Alive, and it's a documentary that focuses on a few stories of men and women who have been impacted by being in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, by experiencing Eucharistic adoration. I watched this film a few months ago, and I really do recommend it if you can watch it. It's very powerful. But there's this moment when one of the individuals, his name is Carlos, when he explains his own response to the Eucharist, he said, I thought it's true. God exists. Love exists. This sounds very mystical, but there are certain experiences in life, moments that determine your entire existence. 
you know, one of the great privileges I have with hosting this show is that I get to hear so many stories about these moments when God's grace breaks through and someone realizes it's all true. God is real. Love is real. And from that point on, life just looks different and it moves differently. Those are little moments, but they're filled with incredible meaning and they really can get us to change course. And Kristen had a few of her own pivotal experiences by the grace of God. So I will let her take it from here and I'll be back with a brief reflection after the interview. I'm joined by Kristen Jazak, who is an actress, producer, and the director of Outreach and Creative for the company AWPR. She is based in Burbank, California. Kristen, it is great to have you on the show today. How are you? Great. It's great to be with you. Well, I look forward to hearing more about some of your current projects and your plans, but let's go back a few chapters. And I know you and I met in the course of some of these chapters. Uh, we go we go way back um, in our time in Boston. Um, but Kristen, can you share with us how Christ was shared with you? Was that through friends or family or school or through the arts? What did that look like? Sure, sure. So um, I am definitely a cradle Catholic. <laughs> But even though you're a cradle Catholic, there's that moment where it really becomes alive for you. And that moment happened for me. Um, I don't know how many of you guys have heard of Our Lady of La Salette, the La Salette missionaries. Um, We have a beautiful national shrine in Attleboro, Massachusetts, which is within my diocese where I was growing up, the Fall River Diocese. And my mom and my father had the, the joy of meeting a La Salette missionary priest who became like a spiritual father to us. Um, he led a Bible study and they would bring the whole family to the Bible study. I was about probably about 10 years old. Um, I had gone through a really hard, um, just life at school. I just was really bullied for a number of years and just had a really hard time finding a place where I could um, be myself, if that makes sense. And Father Joe Ross, that was his name. He had a youth group for um, for uh, people who were in middle school, middle school students. And I was 10 years old and I started to go. And it was the first place that I felt like I could really just be myself and be alive and be welcomed and loved and just experience the joy of Christ, you know? Um, and he was just, he was such a gift. He really, really was. So it was really through him that was that first start for me. Oh, that's awesome. So where did it go from there? How did the How did uh, your faith life deepen? Were there any prayers or saints that you started to gravitate to during this time? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's really funny because um, Our Lady, I really kind of developed a a relationship with her deeper, like later on, because um, it wasn't necessarily something that my mother had, but she was always there. Um, My parish growing up was Our Lady of the Angels, which is so funny that I find myself in Los Angeles, which is Our Lady of the Angels. Like that was the mission here was like God like knew. But then, and and then I had this Our Lady of La Salette shrine. Now it was through that shrine because the next thing that happened is they started having these conferences, these Steubenville youth conferences. Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And the year that they started having them, Steubenville East, because they started to branch out, they'd have them on the college campus, and then it started to go for high school students, you know, all over the country. So when they started them, um, started Steubenville East, it was at La Salette Shrine underneath these huge circus tents. And I happened to be the exact 
correct age to go. Like I, I had just turned the right age when they had just started them at La Salette Shrine. And um, it was amazing because I really experienced the Eucharist in a way that was just so powerful and beautiful. I mean, we had thousands of youth that would go to this, like a couple of thousand that would, and we'd sleep underneath these, like, like I said, huge circus tents. It was like, like the equivalent of a revival. And Saturday night was really the climax moment. They would take um, Jesus in the Eucharist in adoration, process with him through the tent. And I just remember the first time that happened and how overwhelmed I just felt with the, you know, with the presence of God. And I knew he was real. It was the first time that I felt in the Eucharist that I knew he was real. And I remember, um, you know, they did this and I remember going home and I thought to myself, this might've been after the second conference. I thought to myself, if this is Jesus in the Eucharist here, he's got to be the same when I'm at home. (laughs) I happened to have a, um, a church that was literally a block away from me that I could walk to and they had daily mass. So here I am a high school student, which is so unusual. And I started going to daily mass. I would go to daily mass after school. And, um, it was true. It was exactly what I felt there. I knew I'm like, this is the same Jesus. And that was where my, um, my Eucharistic life kind of just came to be, you know, this, this encounter with the Lord and just really getting to know him better, um, you know, really being able to follow his heart and know who he is and have a, a deeper relationship with him was from those, from those conferences. Wow. That's beautiful. So did you discover a community of youth that um, you kind of got plugged into at this time? Yeah. Yeah. So my mother, was also she ran the confirmation program and she ran um the the youth group for our church for a number of years so early on um you know my mom kind of had the whole family involved like <laughs> my dad my dad had the day job so that my mom could be a youth minister you know yeah. and but it was so funny because he was just as active like he would literally chaperone on all like the the field trips and then um he was known to fall asleep on the couch during all these groups <laughs> like where is mr j oh he's asleep on the couch and um, my brother played guitar, so he would always like give. He's a he's a couple of years younger than me, so he would always give like these talks, and he'd play like guitar with my dad on the retreats, the confirmation retreats. So um, we really grew up in that. It was just really beautiful. I, I love hearing how the whole family was involved. That's great. And Kristen, how many how many siblings do you have? I have one younger brother. One younger brother. Okay, so kind of everyone involved in the ministry. So where did it go from there? Um, were you headed off to college afterwards? Yeah, yeah. So um, one other thing that I failed to mention, because those single retreats were fire. And as I look at it, they were such a foundation for me, because there were two very important things that happened on those retreats. Two more. I mean, not that meeting Jesus, obviously, that's the most important. (laughs) But the, the other two big things is I will never forget the very first one that I went to, there was um, this rapping priest from the Bronx, Father Stan Fortuna. Okay. And I was so taken by him as like a 13 or 14 year old. Here's this like rapping priest with this like Bronx accent. And I will never forget, he talked about this new evangelization 
and John Paul II. John Paul II was still alive at this time, and he was Pope. And he said that, you know, he put out this call for the new evangelization. And I've always had a love for theater and for the arts. Um, as you can tell, my dad was a musician. You know, he would play, he would sing, he would do community theater. And he got me into community theater when I was at a really, really young age. So I've always had like the faith and, and theater kind of like going in the background. So when he put out this call for the new evangelization, I was like, my heart was just stirred because I was like, oh, like this is a place that I can give myself. Like I can use like the gifts that God gave me to be able to like spread his, his message. Cause I was so on fire, you know, as, as like a teen. Um, and that was like the first seed of that. And then the other very important thing that happened to me was, so they would have, you know, this thing attracts all kinds of religious groups and organizations and, and mm. orders. So it was my first time that I had met um, really sisters because we didn't really have any sisters. I didn't go to Catholic school. Okay. Our diocese had like, God bless them, like the oldest of the old sisters. Yeah. <laughs> like they're one step to heaven. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're one step to heaven. So, but that's basically the witness that I had of sisters. Right. So, you know, going on the Steubenville retreat, um, the daughters of St. Paul were there and their whole mission is the media and to live, um, you know, if St. Paul was here today, how would he spread the message of the gospel? Well, he would use the most effective means, which would be the media, you know? So they were actually there. And I will never forget this because to, um, they, first of all, they put little, little scripture passages on all the girls' pillows because we were sleeping underneath this huge tent. Yeah. And second of all, I was mortified by this. Okay. Like, I'm a public school kid. I'm there with my friends. I'm a teenager. And they had like this little booth that was set up, you know, where they were just like meeting kids as they were walking by and kind of greeting them. So our whole group goes by our whole youth group and they turn to me and they give me a prayer card, but no one else, no one else in the group. So like, of course, immediately, like all my peers, like they're all looking at me and they're like, the nuns want you. <laughs> I was so mortified. I ended up like, I literally stuck the prayer card in my Bible. And I'm like, I'm not looking at this ever again. I'm not doing it. Um, but praise God, I did. I ended up having um, a good, good friend that God bless him. I, I I had the hearts for. We went to World Youth Day. He decided to become a priest. I thought to myself, hey, maybe I'm meant to be a nun, right? Like, <laughs> Maybe I'm meant to be a nun. So I ended up going back to my Bible and taking that card out. And thank God. Thank God, because I ended up, they became such a part of who I am and my spirituality. I ended up becoming a promised Pauline cooperator, which is basically a lay association or third order with the daughters of St. Paul, um, living the charism in the world. And I can still get married, by the way. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Best of both worlds, Kristen. Both worlds. Yeah. But that was all from those student conferences, like literally the direction of my life in so many ways, like it's a common thread went from that, you know, Our Lady of La Salette Shrine, just being open, allowing, you know, this beautiful conference to be on their grounds. And then like all of these pieces of my life coming to fruition because of that. 
Well, it's beautiful to see that those threads of divine providence uh, through our life. Uh, for those who are just tuning in, I am speaking with Kristen Jazak, who is an actress and a producer and the director of outreach and creative for the company called APR. Um, Kristen, I'd love to hear more about some of your acting projects, um, what you've produced, uh, what you've done in the past, but what you might be working on for the future. Sure, sure. So as I mentioned before, um, I work both in theater. I started off in theater and then went into film and TV. Um, okay, so on the religious end, we'll start there. Um, I have a one-woman show that was my graduate thesis project at Villanova called Person to Person, a Mother Teresa Project. Um, I performed it at World Youth Day in Australia as part of the youth festival. Um, it was amazing. I've been touring with it since 2007, all over the place. Um, you know, wherever I'm asked to go, it's really about Mother Teresa's ability to see Jesus in every person. So I play a total of six characters, including Mother Teresa, a homeless man, a disabled woman, a, a, a woman in a nursing home, as a way of getting people to really yeah. listen and see who they are, to encounter Christ in them. Um, mm -hmm. And they're funny, but then they're also very, you know, heartfelt. Like it's really um, heartfelt. So I've been touring with that now since I, like I said, since 2007, um, when I'm requested to go to different parishes and that sort of thing. So that's my, my very religious, <laughs> obviously more religious work. Mm -hmm. And then, um, for the secular, I have done everything from Grubhub commercials to having a co-star on the TV series, Raising Hope to sketches on Jimmy Kimmel Live to um, my most recent is you can see me in the film Miracle at, Miracles at Manchester. And that is on Pure Flix right now, starring Dean Cain and Eddie McClintock. I play this um, really horrible doctor. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> normally play like the antithesis or the villain so that was that was I mean I'm not necessarily a villain but I'm not the good doctor so that was yeah. just a really something a little different something a little different yeah that was a little different for me um so that's a little bit about my acting oh also I have a short film that I believe is going to be a series on YouTube um that I'm going to be releasing the sketch and the sketch is going to be coming out. I don't know if it'll be before or after this, like when this airs, but um, if you go to my YouTube channel, which is my name, I'll be um, posting it there. So you'll get to see that short there, um, which is really fun. I love comedy. Mm -hmm. And and I, I, I know this is sort of connected, but I'm going to change gears just a little bit, but I'm curious because here you are, really in so close to Hollywood, uh, we don't normally associate it with being a particularly religious, maybe uh, having a particularly religious atmosphere. I'm just kind of curious, have you been able to find some Catholic community um, there in, in Burbank? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Um, you know, I've been here for 13 years now. Um, the, praise the Lord for the daughters of St. Paul. Like mm -hmm. I am so grateful for their book center. They are a stone's throw away walking distance from oh, Sony wow. studios, wow. um, in Culver city. So I'm really, I've been really, really grateful for them. And then also, I don't know how many people know father Peyton and his mission. Um, family theater productions is the name of what he started in, um, 
in Hollywood. And basically, uh, the, the, you've probably heard the term, the family that praises together stays together. Um, that's from him. And he's, he's actually buried in, um, Stonehill college. So he's actually buried back in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. He was a Holy cross father, but they have a beautiful ministry here. And I've met some of my closest friends, um, you know, from that ministry. And then for a while, this was pre COVID. We had a small group of us that would meet in each other's houses and pray with one another. And, um, yeah, that's been a real blessing. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that you've you've found that community there, Kristen. That's great. Um, uh, to return to your current work, your the, the ministry. Um, what about your work with uh, AWPR? Could you share a little bit about that? Sure. Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm a multi-hyphen. I like working behind the camera and in front of the camera. And in this case, um, this would be working for the marketing and the public relations for movies and TV shows and different projects once they've been made. So now they're ready to be released into the world. Um, we do everything from setting up like different kinds of um, interviews and stuff like that for the filmmakers just to help to get the word out. Um, some of the movies that we are, we've worked on include St. Michael, the Archangel, um, the documentary film that was out in theaters last year, alive about the Eucharist, another powerful documentary. And then, um, we did the chosen when it was in theaters, we did the episodes one and two, we helped with the promotion of that, which was just so much fun. Um, currently we have three movies coming out, one of which we're already talking about, which is called What is Love? That's going to be in theaters October 16th nationwide. And um, it's a documentary about the the need for love, about how we have we have a need for love, um, the need to to actually live love and and focuses on different stories. Like it tells the story of St. Gianna Mola, who I love. It tells the story of Immaculate, who survived the Rwandan genocide. Um, so not just love like husband and wife, but also love in its different forms and different aspects. Awesome. Kristen, if our listeners wanted to hear more about some of these projects, where would they go to learn more about that, but also your own work? Sure, sure. So um, they can visit uh, www.p, as in the letter P2, number two, P Theater. Um, spell re.com. So that's my personal website. They can also visit my Instagram handle, which, which is Kristen Jazak. And then they can also go to beinawpr.com to learn more about some of the projects that we're working on. Wonderful. Kristen, we have a few minutes left and um, I always love to ask my guest, where have you been seeing some signs of hope lately? So I, you know, I love Mother Teresa and I was, I was meditating and praying the rosary the other day and the words be the one came to mind that she said, be the one. And like being the one isn't always easy. Being the one sometimes means stepping out and going into territories that are difficult. Um, Being the one sometimes means loving those that are difficult to love. Or even, you know, we all have a, a vocation and we all have a call and it's not always easy to live out that call, even in, in married life, you know, for someone to stay devoted to someone, you know, it's just so beautiful. But the, those words really struck me of Mother Teresa. It's like, no matter what, it's so simple to just be faithful 
be the one, you know, like Jesus on the cross when it's difficult, but then also like, just know, like the resurrection comes in the cross. Like we don't just live in the cross. There will be a resurrection no matter what the circumstances, you know, and to just be the one, go into those areas that are difficult and stay faithful. Beautiful. Well, I can't think of a better sign of hope than the resurrection (laughs) and just remembering that and that invitation to be the one. Um, I hope that will encourage, I know that will encourage our listeners, Kristen. Thank you so much for your time today and may God continue to bless you and your ministry and good work. You too. Since Kristen mentioned her person-to-person Mother Teresa project, I thought I would wrap up this episode with some words from the 2016 canonization mass for Mother Teresa. Here is some of what the Holy Father shared. Following Jesus is a serious task, and at the same time, one filled with joy. It takes a certain daring and courage to recognize the Divine Master in the poorest of the poor and those who are cast aside, and to give oneself in their service. In order to do so, volunteers who out of love of Jesus serve the poor and the needy do not expect any thanks or recompense. Rather, they renounce all this because they have discovered true love. And each one of us can say, Just as the Lord has come to meet me and has stooped down to my level in my hour of need, so too do I go to meet Him, bending low before those who have lost faith or who live as though God did not exist, before young people without values or ideals, before families in crisis, before the ill and the imprisoned, before refugees and immigrants, before the weak and defenseless in body and spirit, before abandoned children, before the elderly who are on their own. Wherever someone is reaching out, asking for a helping hand in order to get up, this is where our presence and the presence of the church which sustains and offers hope must be. And I do this, keeping alive the memory of those times when the Lord's hand reached out to me when I was in need. May this tireless worker of mercy help us increasingly to understand that our only criterion for action is gratuitous love, free from every ideology and all obligations, offered freely to everyone without distinction of language, culture, race, or religion. Mother Teresa loved to say, Perhaps I don't speak their language, but I can smile. Let us carry her smile in our hearts and give it to those whom we meet along our journey, especially those who suffer. In this way, we will open up opportunities of joy and hope for our many brothers and sisters who are discouraged and who stand in need of understanding and tenderness. Again, that's from the homily at the canonization mass for Mother Teresa, and I hope we are all inspired to go and be the one this week. Be the smile that someone needs to see. Be the word of truth that someone needs to hear. Be the reminder of God's love to someone who's struggling to feel wanted or understood. And thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue to explore the many different ways that we can respond to the Lord's great commission to go and make disciples of all the nations. 
Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matarday Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.